Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, BPM number 2, that's Bayez Panimi, Shear for Men number 2. We're going to talk today about working on oneself, and how working on oneself the right way doesn't mean you overburden yourself beyond your capacity, but it means step by step, day by day, exercising your mental and emotional muscles of getting them healthier, the working on yourself will not only transform yourself, but will actually transform your marriage, your overall shalom bias, and the lives of your children. And this is also on going on the, the, your wife, yourself, a husband's guide to shalom bias by Rabbi David Rosman. And um, the idea being that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not... Um, expect us to be perfect. Otherwise, he would have had Torah and Shemayim with the Malachim. He brought us down here. He wants us imperfect people to keep the Torah in this world with all its challenges. Nobody's perfect. We all have traits that need improvement. We all have situations that trigger us, that he says basically pushes our buttons. And um, you know, like the Vilna Goyen brings down in Evan Shlema, um, Perak Aleph in the second piece there, and in Mishle, Perak Dalid, Pasik Yud Gimel, that basically he says that if we don't work on our bettering Amidas, becoming better people, what's the point of our existence? That's the whole purpose of our existence. And the truth is, is even long way before thinking about marriage, we need to start working on ourselves. Marriage should really, ideally, be the next stage of development um, that reveals aspects of your characters that need work and challenging you on things that you already worked on before marriage. Now, for those of you that weren't married or are not married or have an opportunity to work on this, you, the ones that are married, it's never too late. You can educate your children about this. Um, it's very important. I always felt, and it may sound revolutionary, but Shalom bias concepts should be taught to boys and girls all the way from the age, I would say, of even 12 or 13. Not talking about the physical aspects of Shalom bias that you wait till way, way, you know, close to marriage. I'm talking about the Midas aspects of Shalom bias. It w- could help give clarity to so many boys and girls what the things that they see in their home part of it would be to always respect your parents understand they're normal human beings and but also to learn the opportunities of what a real healthy marriage should be if they're fortunate enough to see it in their house they could learn to perpetuate it and if they haven't at least they'll know what to do to change that trend and to make their own marriages better when they get to that point. But that's a side point. The idea being, though, is that you need to work on it before. He gives an example, very interesting, and it, we could all relate to this. You have a person that struggles with anger. Let's say he's a bacher, okay? And what a bacher often does when he has an anger issue, instead of learning how to control that anger, uh, sometimes he's subject to outbursts and, and blows up, but 
they do sometimes the opposite, where it doesn't. It looks like they're not angry, angry at all, and they. And it looks like they're uh, worked. You know, they're balmidas taivas and everything. But really, what's happening is, is they have this anger, and they avoid the issue. If something gets them infuriated, they hibernate for two days. They avoid everyone until they feel better. If he's angry at a teacher or a classmate, he could drop the class, or he could switch rooms, or he could put on the silent treatment for a couple of days till he calms down and gets out of his anger. Now, that's not working. It, it solves the solution because he didn't get into an outburst. He didn't get into big machlekes. He didn't yell or scream or damage anything. So it looks like on the surface he handled it fine, but he really didn't. He's not handling his anger. That approach he knows will not work in marriage. He cannot ignore his wife for two days when he gets angry. He cannot drop her. He cannot move out. So what he does is, in his own mind, he tries to marry someone that he thinks he has to marry someone that will never make him angry and even helps him be calm around others. And now he says a, a, a radical expression in the book that it's very dangerous for such a person to get married. Because once married and he gets angry, whether at his own wife or someone else, he'll blame her. And because she's supposed to save him from this problem, and he resents her for failing to do so. He's, she's supposed to help him with his cas. And she'll feel terrible about disappointing him, and there's a downward spiral in their relationship. Now, now could be you're going to say that as a bacher, I did not give silent treatments, and I did not just drop my roommates and switch rooms or, 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 or hibernate for a week. So maybe that's an extreme case. But we all know as Bahram, we don't really work on Amidas, even though we think um, we do. I'll, I mentioned, I think, once, but I'll mention it again. It's sort of like a, an embarrassing eye-opener eye that I had uh, as a Bahram and then later after I got married, that as a Bahram, when I was six, 15, 16, 17, you know, in, when I graduated elementary school, I was about 13, 14, whatever it was, and they gave out by graduation a kol And then over the next few years, including the, you know, the years, you know, 16, 17, 18, I, I reviewed kol many times, including the Hilchas Lashon Hara and Rechilas and all of that. And I felt good about myself. I said, now, you know, I really, really, you know, read this and reviewed it and reviewed it. And I, I thought to myself, I must be, you know, at this point, a big Balmidas Tavis and all of that. And But I realized that part of my delusion into thinking that, now, it was a great thing that I learned thus far. And that gave me the ammunition and Kayach to, to, you know, to do, you know, to accomplish a lot in, in life later. But the bottom line was, is at that point in my life, I wasn't necessarily challenged yet with difficult situations to that degree. Later, when you're in the workforce force or in marriage or, you know, whatever it is, then real, real rough situations could come up. That's when it becomes an assignment, and then you start realizing that the reason why you got along with people till now is not because you really got along with people till now, but because you never were challenged with uh, conflict. And then when the conflict comes, you're, you're not prepared. And then I realized that it was an eye-opener and a humbling experience to realize that, okay, till now I learned Chavetz Chaim, and a lot of it was theoretical, and now I have to learn it again when I am in the challenge 
to really truly work on myself. But, you know, now let's not talk about an extreme case. Let's say it's another thing. You depend on your wife to wake yourself to wake you up in the morning. You know, whatever you you oversleep your alarm clock or whatever the reason is, your wife wake you up in the morning. And she generally does. Now, one day, either because she feels bad waking you up or she herself oversleeps and you get mad at her and then your relationship starts deteriorating. That's a hava shatluya bedavar, that the thing ends, the hava ends. You don't love your wife because of her, her ability or help to help you wake up in the morning. And here is an example in marriage, by the way, that although, yes, uh, you work with each other and the wife generally should cook and do whatever she needs to do for the husband. There's certain things a husband needs to know that what they could do by themselves, they should do by themselves. And one of the things is, is the responsibility of waking up in the mornings. You could sometimes ask your wife to wake you up, no issue. But but it's really on you. And if she slips, you don't get upset at her. So marriage, like Rotorsky said many times, is not a hospital. Um, it does help with a lot of things. There's a paspasaloi aspect to it. The Chazal say there's no question about it. In the sexual realm, it could help. Um, not always true, by the way, because if you don't work on your Shemir Sainayim early on, you're going to have problems when you get married too. So you have to really constantly work on it. But in certain aspects, marriage does alleviate a lot of those things. But it's still not a hospital. It's still not a hospital. The shortcomings you have before marriage is the shortcomings you're going to have after marriage unless you work on it. And that's very, very important to know. So that is an idea. Another thing that happens also in a a problem in dating, going into marriage, and then why it often deteriorates is because... um, This is what he says, which is a, a real powerful idea. You know, when you begin your marriage... It, what, however you begin it becomes the default setting. So in other words, when you initially speak and act a certain way, your wife will expect more of the same the rest of your lives together, right? And if there's a deviation, it's just a lapse. So for example, if you started out in your uh, experience dating and then in your Shana Rishina, um, speaking always with sensitivity and with consideration, and then you slipped and you made a harsh remark That'll be viewed as a rare exception to the rule. But if you didn't speak nicely in the beginning, it'll take a very long time to undo her assumption about how you relate to her. And even if you change your tune, she won't necessarily be willing or able to change hers. And it'll take a while to regain her trust. Now, then he says, don't don't despair. It's doable, especially since deep down she wants to trust you. So this is an important tip that all of you need to know and understand. Let's say it's been years that you behaved a certain way towards your wife in a negative way, and you want to really, really change and treat her better. And you want to make that change. So go ahead and start. Start now. Start day one and do it and just keep on at it. Now, you should expect resistance, and that resistance that you expect should not cause you to lose faith. So, for example, if you were always mean to her, and all of a sudden you're acting very nice, she's not going to trust you right away. Like, you know, what do you want from me? What's this all about? You know, you have something up your sleeve, or, you know, you're trying to get something out of me, or or whatever it is. And, uh, and you know, you cannot blame her 
for feeling that way. And even if sometimes she will be done you, not give you the benefit of the doubt. Now, on the women's side of the mechitza, we'll talk, we'll talk to them about giving you the benefit of the doubt. But the bottom line is, is even if she doesn't, and even if it takes a long time, and she's still not warming up to you, and she's still not trusting you fully, because, you know, after being behaving in a certain way for such a long period of time, it will take a certain level of time and patience and till it hits her reality, hey, you know, this is real. This is not just a phase in life. This is not just a fad. He really is changing. And then when that clicks in her head, then the whole relationship alters completely to be an unbelievable change for the better. But the problem is, is very often us, we give up too early. And the way to fight that is to realize that that we are doing valuable work, be'etzem, whether you, the wife responds positively right now or it'll take a year or two to respond positively. And I know it's hard because you want to see results. Sometimes you need that chizik to get results or at least a little bit of a result for you to have the motivation to move onward. But you need to be strong and do what you need to do even if you do not see results for a while. And even if there's the opposite, there's a cynicism where they don't really trust you and they don't believe you or they think you have something up your sleeve or or or, or there's something in it for you and they make and, and you know that you're doing it betimimus with honesty and they're not you can't get upset at them for feeling that way. It takes a while to uncondition to, to recondition that level lack of trust that took place before and to build it up. So that's a very, very important thing. Also you know, the Chinech talks about not leaving your home for a period of a year. The Shadar Shaina is based on that concept, and the marriage has to be built on a positive foundation. But again, all of you, that if that did not happen, or it did happen and it deteriorated, no matter how many years you're married, you count this from this moment. This is Shadar Shaina. You never had a normal Shadar Shaina, now you're going to have one. Or you did have one, and it deteriorated downward, it's time for a Shana Rishayna. And that is something that is very important to do. And you continuously grow in marriage. The idea that's brought down, the story of Avram and Sarah, where he, they asked where she is, and, and, and it wanted to, and Rashi says that it wanted to create a certain love for Avram towards Sarah, that she's in the tent, she's Tsenua, highlighting her modesty to endear her to her husband, to Avram Avinu. And they were old. Avram was 99, Sarah was 89. They were married for, you know, uh, the, 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 almost 100, 100 years. You know, well, not quite, but you know what I mean? A very long time. And they had, must have had an excellent marriage. You're dealing with the Avais and the Imais, Avram and, and Sarah, the first ones. And nevertheless, they found it necessary to be Mechavev Sarah to Avram. Avram Pam, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, has a Mordeka aura on this that you all have to keep with you. And the answer is you learn from this story. There's always room to improve Shalom Bayis. If even Avram Avinu and Sarai Menu were capable of greater affection towards each other in the older years, then we can do that too. We have to emulate that and pursue true Shalom Bayis as a life's work. This is something that I mentioned in the women's shiurim, where I'm going to mention, depending on the timing of, of when this comes out and that comes out, but the bottom line being that 
inherently. It seems like Shmuel Kamenetsky agreed with this, and I always believe this, and I'm sure Mary Gudayel Yisrael believe this, that the, the real Shairish, if you look deeply in our life situation problems in all areas that seem unrelated to Shalom Bayis, they're really not. If there is a deep emphasis and, and, and a campaign in Klai Yisrael to improve their Shalom Bayis for real, the whole Tzura of our Am Yisrael will be different, and the Geula will come, and a lot of those real deep problems become less so, or sometimes goes away altogether. But it's very, very important to know that in every marriage, no matter where it is at this point, has infinite growth potential. And But the problem is, it's not really a problem, it's just reality, you have to invest in it. Without constant investment, a marriage will become stale. The default mode of marriage is drifting apart. That's the nature of it. It's not that we did necessarily something wrong. Sometimes we did things wrong to create that, that, um, you know, estrangement and, and the separation. But very often it's not because we did anything wrong. You're a good person. Your wife's a good person. You really love each other. You got busy with the kids. You got busy with work. You got busy with life. And, but the default mode is drifting unless you make a conscious, intentional, task for each other to build each other. That's a very, very important time. A very, very important theme. Then he brings down that Yermi Anunavi talks about the Geula, that ultimately there will be a Koyal Sasan, the Koyal Simcha, and then it says Koyal Chasan, the Koyal Kala. And the question is, is Koyal Chasan, the Koyal Kala, we have Koyal Chasan, the Koyal Kalas now, you know, there'll be weddings then, and there'll be weddings now, especially according to the Mandam Allah Lava, it'll be natural, so what's the concept over here? And um, these Mazber, that by the Churban Beis Migdash, which was the Shairish of our whole Golis that we're living in now, the Iker Shairish of it, as the Chafetz Chaim brings down in his Agdama to say for Chafetz Chaim, is Lashon Hara, caused, the Churban was caused by Lashon Hara, which stems from hatred and ugly and destructive speech, which causes exile, and therefore... To be mesak in that, redemption, geula, comes from beautiful, loving speech. What is that? That's the shayrish of kalchas and the kalkala. The true, ultimate speech that happens between a chasen and kala. And Yirmiya is saying that an environment of geula is when you have a husband and a wife, even if they're 50 years married, that they'll communicate gently and kindly with each other, just like they were newlyweds. And that is the way we hope for Mashiach, to conduct ourselves that way. That is a nitzitz of Geula. We say two, 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 two Shabbosim in a row, everyone would be Mekayim, would be a nitzitz of Geula. They say the night is a nitzitz of Geula, is a spark of Geula. Um, there are many things in Yiddishkeit that, that, that symbolize Geula and is you feel the spark of it. And one of it is, is doing that. When there is shalom bias between couples, even if they're married a long time, or especially because they're married a long time, and they decide to treat it fresh and new. And by the way, you need to know, and chasanam and kalos need to know this when they're doing chasanam and kalos classes, that in, it depends, you know, every marriage is different. Some people don't experience infatuation at all. Infatuation means when they see stars with each other and they're really excited about each other and 
they're just connected and they love spending all time together and they're really in, in that, that, that beautiful state. Some people never experience that, which is okay, by the way. We'll talk about it. Uh, it is true that uh, people think that if you don't see stars, that means it's not Yazivik. And if you do see stars, that must be Yazivik. Totally untrue. And a lot depends on, sometimes it takes more work, less work, whatever it is. But the bottom line is, in many, many instances, there is an initial infatuation or a real like hormonal connection between a chassan and a kala. And it lasts through Shana Rishayna. Sometimes it lasts up to two years, sometimes, but really, he says, four years. And it's proven medically. It's sort of like a chemical reaction in the brain. And then it starts fading out. It's a natural result so this thing that we talk about, how, how um, you know, that you feel, okay, you know, I don't feel as deep in love as I did when I first married her. This is all normal stuff that is a progression of life as just being a human being in married, married life. You need work. It takes effort. It is similar, by the way, to very often the way Hashem does it with Avaidus Hashem. And listen very carefully. There is, as we know, the Chaydish Nisan type of Avaida, where Hashem made open Nisim, Yitzias Mitzrayim, Asara Makos, Makos Bechayres, Kriyas Yamsov, the Matan Torah revelation. But before that, let's talk about Pesach first. A tremendous amount of Hisaris from above that we're on fire serving Akadish Baruch Hu. We're excited about it. And then comes, Hashem takes away that Hisaris. And now comes the Avaida of a Sphirasa Oimer of 49 days of working on things, even if you may not feel enthusiastic, because Hashem wants in the Ikra Avaida is to have that Hesiris from down below, from working on it from within. Till the point where you reach Matan Taira, where you sort of earned that preparation of your Avaida to be Zeichet to Matan Taira. And that Avedis Hashem concept explains, for example, where at times you feel fiery about tefillah and about Shabbos and about everything Ruchnis and you enjoy learning. And you use that opportunity and you thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that. And then there will be tefillahs that it's like pulling teeth for you to even say a sentence. And the Shabbos, which normally is so excited about Shabbos, feels blah all of a sudden. What happened? You know, and these things happen in life. And sometimes you could say it's because you were weak about something, you didn't prepare properly, but sometimes it happens when you did everything right. But Hashem wants to see, takes away the Hesaris and says, now I want to see, and it's very, very precious to me, how you do your Shabbos with your own Avodah, with a Kabbalah's oil, and with a Simcha, even if you're not feeling it inside. You're learning that Torah, even if you don't feel a Geshmak, but you have a Simcha by the fact that you're learning Torah for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when Hashem does this, He does this in marriages too. Hashem sometimes gives us a Matana, where we have those warm feelings, Baruch Hashem, that come naturally. Some people have it more, some people have it less. It's not very often not Tali in your own Avayda, it's Bechazdei Hashem, whatever it is. And then Hashem pulls away a little bit and says, okay, now I'm going to pull it away and now I want to see you both work on it. Work on that love. Take out the garbage when you're not in the mood. And have physical relations even when you're not in the mood. And give parnasa to your wife when you're not in the mood. And take care of her when you're not in the mood. And, 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 and offer a warm smile even when you're crying inside. That's the avoida of a person. It's not always easy, but it's a labor of love. 
And that is the idea. So we look very often, especially in our culture, of working on oneself as a big burden, as a hefty uh, 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 oil that is a tremendous oil that, that gets us down and depressed or anxious about how much we have to do. But in reality, that is life itself. The working on itself can be done with a menucha sanefesh, with a simcha, with a yishavadas. Hard work, yes, but it could come with the right healthy perspective, knowing that what Hashem does is after you work, you will, Hashem just does that. When you do a lot of Hesiris, Hashem will give you that matana eventually, that that Hesiris comes back. You didn't feel Shabbistic on Shabbos, and then all of a sudden, after working very hard on Shabbos for a few Shabbos, and Hashem gives you a matana, you start feeling it again. And with your marriage, it'll work the same. You both work very hard towards it, and ultimately, you will see you'll see the fruits of your labor. Have a wonderful day.